It's Friday, April 21st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians getting set to open a three-game weekend series with the Miami Marlins. Uh, Miami comes in with a pretty good pitching rotation, uh, some of the best uh, uh, young arms in uh, in the National League. Uh, we get to see a uh, Shane Bieber versus Sandy Alcantara matchup on Saturday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, the Guardians, after winning uh, the final game of a six-game road trip in Detroit, come home, uh, can maybe finally try to, to settle in and, and get this offense on track. Yeah, Joe, I mean, they've only been home for, what, six games out of the, the first, uh, you know, first month of the season. So, you know, they, they really haven't spent a whole lot of time at home. And, uh, you know, so maybe they'll get, you know, they can get some warmer weather here, some nicer weather and, and just kind of settle in. But really, this is only a six game homestand as well. So, you know, they're going to be kind of in and out again. So, uh, you know, and they're facing a Marlins team that, you know, is 10 and 9. They're the same record as Cleveland, and they're playing pretty good baseball. They've won, I think, six of the last eight games. Yeah, and uh, you never really know what to make of uh, of the Marlins. They play in one of the toughest divisions in baseball, uh, and you know, they've got, uh, like we said, some, some really good young arms. It's uh, we get a chance to see uh, Luis Arise, uh, a guy that we're very familiar with from his time in Minnesota. Uh, he's he's just sort of come over and, and sparked the offense for for Miami. So uh, you know, don't don't take the Marlins lightly uh, as they come in here. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough game, uh, a tough series to to you know come out ahead in. Yeah, another guy uh, that they uh, you know that the Marlins have on their. On their roster is uh, Jorge Soler, a guy that, you know, that uh, Cleveland is very familiar with from his days with uh, Kansas City. And he's off to a good power start, Joe. He's he's hitting home runs. He's hitting doubles. He's driving in runs. So he's a, he's always been a dangerous hitter, especially when he gets hot. Yeah, uh, just uh, around the league, some news and notes uh, as the Guardians were off on Thursday. Uh, so no game to talk about. But uh uh, news out of Arizona where Madison Bumgarner, uh, World Series hero in uh, San Francisco so many times and uh, just a, a long Hall of Fame uh, worthy career uh, as a left-handed starter for the, the Giants. He went to uh, Arizona before the 2020 season, signed a five-year, $85 million contract. Uh, the Diamondbacks, who are uh, playing competitive baseball and, and, and competing out in that uh, National League West, uh, they're they're looking to go for it with a, a young group of uh, of players, uh, Corbin Carroll among them. Uh, they, they I guess they sort of looked at what the Guardians did last year and said, hey, uh, if they can do it with a young roster, we can too. And they uh, they designated Bumgarner uh, for assignment. Uh, so B- Madison Bumgarner is going to be uh, able to sign with. Pretty much, if he clears waivers, uh, any any team he wants for the veteran minimum, and the uh, the Diamondbacks would be on the hook for the remainder of his what thirty four million dollars uh, left on his contract. They would have to pay the balance of it. Uh, he's got one more year after uh, after this uh, on that contract. But uh, you know, I, I guess anytime a, a pitcher like uh, with Bumgarner's pedigree becomes available uh the the obvious candidates uh the yankees the mets 
you know, who are always looking for veteran pitching, always looking for guys who are, are looking to win now um, would be a situation, uh, you know, would the Guardians even even make put in a call to uh, Bumgarner to see if he's available? Because they certainly uh, have an immediate need in their starting rotation. Yeah, Joe. I mean, I I would think they they do their due diligence, but you know that just seems like a uh, an that would be an odd addition to this club. Maybe you know if it's late in the season, you need a starter. You know, you're going down the stretch, you're in contention, you need a veteran arm. Maybe then, but I can't see it in April. I just that just doesn't make sense to me. But you know, Madison Bumgarner, he, he might have to go back on the rodeo circuit, Joe, and uh, make some <laughs> cash that way. Well, and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be uh, pitching games in uh, the, the park in San Francisco where uh, if, you know, one of the guys hits it out and uh, they get in a shouting match with the, uh, the guy who hit the home run, he'd tell him to go, Max go Muncy. jump in the Max Muncy, tell Muncy to go jump in the ocean and fish the ball out. So uh, uh, I don't know. And wasn't Bumgarner the one who, who had the incident uh, last year with the umpire checking his glove? And the uh, they 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 didn't like each other very much, and the umpire just sort of rubbed his hand and stared and like gazed into his eyes for like yeah. an extended period of time. I thought he was going to ask him for a date or something. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. So you know, Bumgarner, uh, that's a personality that that might not exactly mesh with the Guardians. So all the uh, all the Guardians fans who look up and see Madison Bumgarner on the. Uh, uh, you know, out there available, maybe uh, don't don't get ahead of yourselves. Uh, it, it's a it's a question of fit. And it's always that way with Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff and, and the uh, the front office here in Cleveland. Uh, a, a guy like Bumgarner might might do very well, but uh, it, the fit might not be right here in Cleveland. Yeah, Joe, I mean, uh, you know, and, and who, I don't think he's pitching very well either. Right. I mean, if he was uh, pitching it's another well, reason why he's been de- uh, designated, that's for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they've got enough problems, uh, you know, in that rotation now. They, but, you know, uh, Peyton Battenfield is, has, has had, you know, turned into nice starts. You know, uh, Gaddis, uh, Hunter Gaddis was kind of in and out a little bit, but still gave him a couple, you know, a, de- a decent start against Oakland. So you just don't know what uh, Bumgarner can do right now at this stage of his career. Yeah, it's, it, they would need a, a warm body to eat innings, and you know you, you don't necessarily know that that's going to be the case. Uh, you, you brought up a good point, Peyton Battenfield, and uh, he's in the rotation right now with the injuries to Aaron Savali and Tristan McKenzie. Uh, but there are moves uh, coming. There are moves to be made uh, today, Friday, before uh, they go out there and and take on the Marlins in the series opener. Uh, we're anticipating that Angel De Los Santos uh, is going to return from his paternity leave uh, following the birth of his daughter. Uh, we still don't have any details on the the birth there, but we'll uh, we'll hopefully get some uh, pregame here. Uh, however, uh, that that still leaves them with uh, some holes in 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 the uh, the lineup. We're anticipating Ahmed Rosario being back uh, and active for Friday's uh, series opener. He missed. Uh, the last four games for the Guardians with a sore back, uh, and that prompted the the Guardians to bring up Tyler Freeman. And Tyler Freeman was uh, injured in a game, uh, the the opening game of the doubleheader on Tuesday in Detroit. Uh, that 
I don't know. What what did you think of uh, Freeman? If he was uh, healthy enough to 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 sort of be out there and stay in the game after he uh, got his shoulder dinged up, uh, what did you think of? Uh, you know, it, it's sort of like an old school thing. If if you're you're able to to swing the bat, if you're able to be out there, um, you know, what kind of message did it send to the team if he if he said that he couldn't go? Uh, and they wind up bringing up Brian Rocchio for a day just to be insurance behind him. Yeah, I think, you know, with his history, with his shoulder, what, he's had two, two, uh, uh, you know, two surgeries on that shoulder. I would think they're not taking a chance with that. Joe, they're being careful with it. And I would think, you know, if, if it was up to Freeman, he probably would have played. But yeah. uh, I'm sure they, you know, the trainers told him, you know, let's uh, be a little cautious here. And uh, we've got an off day on Thursday. We'll be able to work through it. And, uh, you know, the, but they've got to make a decision uh, today. I, w- I was told it, both him, uh, Rosario and Free- Freeman were trending in the right direction. So I'm not sure exactly what that means. But, uh, you know, hopefully at least one of those guys will be in the lineup tonight. Yeah, that was the uh, the indication that we got from uh, Tito uh, at the at post game on uh, Wednesday was that, you know, there there was a, a likely chance that Rosario would be ready to go. Freeman, he wasn't as sure about. Uh, so uh, it, we'll see how that goes. But that doesn't solve the problem of you sent Hunter Gaddis down. So now you're going to need a starter uh, for some time early uh, after the Marlins series because the, the pitching set for the Marlins series. Uh, but you're going to need a starter to come in and, and take one of those games in the Rocky series beginning Monday uh in at progressive field uh as far as you know you're looking at your options right now the the name that stands out is logan allen uh down at triple a uh he's uh in line to to possibly start sunday for the clippers uh in columbus but uh if he misses that start if he's you know if they change their plans there you know that he's going to be the guy uh coming up uh, to take that spot in the rotation yeah, you know, Logan Allen, a left-hander, uh, he had a really good year last year, 171 strikeouts. He's leading, the, you know, the minor league organization in the strikeouts this year as well. Um, you know, he had he, he was invited to spring training, uh, didn't didn't really didn't fare that well, kind of in and out a little bit. He only had two or three appearances. Um, but uh, you know, he's gone back to AAA, he's pitched well there, so you know, he's a possibility, Joe, but he's not on the 40, man. So they're going to have to make a move uh, if he's the guy. Yeah, that's the uh, and, and sort of examining the 40 man, looking for spots where, you know, that's a, a possibility. Who's at risk uh, for, for being uh, left off the, or taken off the 40 man? Uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to mess with catchers uh, and, and your depth there. But Brian Lavastida might be a, a guy. He's at he's at double A now. So. Uh, he's been sitting on the 40-man roster for a while. Uh, who knows uh, what what they're thinking in terms of trying to get uh, another starter up here and on the uh, on the roster. Uh, Logan Allen at uh, AAA Columbus this year, three starts, uh, 1.26 ERA in 14 and a third innings, 20 strikeouts, and uh, uh, walks and hits per innings pitched of 1.05. So, you know, pretty good numbers uh, through three starts in Columbus. Uh, if if he gets his shot, you know, that's uh, uh, you're going to hear Tito say the, the, the same thing every time uh, we, we hear it. Every time a, a young guy is, is brought up to make his debut, 
uh, and just sort of anticipating, uh, you know, uh, this start isn't going to define you or anything like that, no matter if you you struggle or you you succeed. So, uh, you know, all those Tito-isms come into play <laughs> when when you hear uh, the that that a guy like Logan Allen will, will make his debut. Yeah, for sure. And the other one is he's we, he's not a finished product. We know that. We get it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's it it's it, Tito walking that fine line between uh you know being excited and trying to show positivity towards the this kid, but also you know that patience is it's always there in his voice. He he understands that you you can't really make too much out of it one way or another. Uh yeah, I, I still remember when Shane Bieber made his uh, debut in Minnesota. And he said those same things uh, at, when, when Shane Bieber made his debut, and, and look how far he's come uh, in the the five years since. So uh, definitely uh, something to keep an eye on, and and sort of try to try to read the tea leaves. Uh, I'm sure people will be watching when uh, Columbus puts out its game notes and and w- what the rotation is supposed to be for the the remainder of their series. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, as as they move forward. Uh, we mentioned Shane Bieber there. Uh, Bieber versus Sandy Alcantara on Saturday night uh, should be a heck of a matchup. Uh, Alcantara, of course, uh, it's it's a matchup of Cy Young winners. Uh, El, uh, Alcantara could be again the the most dominant pitcher in the uh, National League right now. Yeah, Joe. The uh, the uh, the Cleveland uh, the the Guardians PR department <laughs> did kind of a tale of the tape, and over the last four years. Uh, I guess over, you know, since 2020, I should say. And then just check these numbers out. Uh, in wins, uh, Bieber 29, Alcantara 27, innings pitch 399 for Bieber, uh, just over 500 for, uh, Alcantara. Uh, strikeouts 472 for Bieber, 467 for Alcantara. Uh, you know, uh, batting average against, uh, 219 for Bieber, 220. For Alcantara, ERA 271. For uh, Bieber, 289. For Alcantara, strikeouts per nine, 10.65. For Bieber, 8.39. For Alcantara, whip, both have uh, 1.05. And walks uh, per nine, 4.97. For Bieber, uh, 8.39. For Alcantara, uh, and pitching war, 5.4. For Bieber and uh, uh, 6.1 for Alcantara, so pretty close right there over over the span of you know since 2020. So what you're saying is that Saturday night's game should last about an hour and 45 minutes, <laughs> uh, yeah. and and both guys should uh, total about uh, 10 strikeouts each. Uh, that depending on who you get behind the plate, that could definitely be the the case. So uh, get there early on Saturday and buy your beer early. Otherwise, uh, uh, it's you, you're going to be uh, looking for a place to go drinking after the game at eight o'clock. Uh, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. And, and those are the those are the games where you sort of circle and you look and you, you say, are, are you know, how is this Guardians team uh, competing against what you know is uh, a frontline starter, a guy who, if they were in a, a wild card series and and had to win the first game, I mean, Alcantara would be the guy on the mound. Yeah, that's a great point. And usually in these kind of games, Joe, it usually ends up twelve to ten too. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're anticipating well, you're you're anticipating the the pitchers duel, and you get the uh, 
the the Bombay doors opening up. Yeah. So, but you know, it is a great attraction. You know, with uh, those two guys, former Cy Young or former Cy Young winners going against each other. You know, on an April night. Pretty good, a uh, pretty good, uh, you know, that's worth the price of admission, even if they don't pitch well. But, you know, odds are they're going to both pitch well, I would think. Yeah, and uh, you, you just hope the weather holds out and uh, everything with the park goes all right, and, and that's the case. Hey, uh, got a chance yesterday to uh, to sit here, and they sent a screener over for the Terry Francona documentary. Uh, Tito, uh, the Terry Francona story is is the name of the documentary. It's going to air on Major League Baseball Network uh, Saturday, or I'm sorry, Sunday night. So uh, Sunday night, I believe, at eight o'clock. Uh, we'll get to uh, at eight or eight thirty. Uh, get a chance to to see that. Uh, I, I watched it. Uh, j- I watched it looking for uh, for sh- shots of Hoinsey in the background of any of these. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and actually, uh, they they did show your. Um, I, I believe it was your moment uh, in the playoffs last year when you. We're asking about Jameson Talion, uh, and um, I think that made it in uh, talking about the Italian guy and and just, uh, you know, how how Tito deals with the media was was sort of the the note uh, that was put there. But uh, I'm telling you, the document uh, documentary was great. It was fascinating. Uh, You talk about a guy who is just a gem when it comes to not just the baseball stuff, but uh, just the way he interacts with people and, and talks to people and deals with people. Uh, you really get a sense of that with uh, with this documentary and, and just how why everybody just loves Tito so much. Uh, right from the very beginning, the first shot, the first scene of this documentary is Tito in his swim trunks going to yeah, swim yeah. in his uh, in, in the pool in, in spring training. Um, it's it's actually very jarring. It's not uh, for a guy who's very self-deprecating and very, you know, it doesn't take himself too seriously. I, I mean, uh, it, it's it, there's a whole lot of Tito in the first 30 seconds of this documentary, and it just you just get to see all of that. But uh, they make a good analogy about how he's you know uh, he he's always working on himself, and there's a lot of uh, references, and uh, they they talk a lot about his health issues, and and we don't we don't really get to see or uh, you know get to to know just the the depths that some of this stuff went to. Uh, earlier in his career, before he got to Cleveland, uh, and you know we know a lot of what hap- what's happened to him since, uh, but uh, how serious and how 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 close to losing Tito we've been over the years, just because of you know blood clots and different situations, and it, it watching the documentary makes made me appreciate you know just what we get with him basically on a on a daily basis during the season, and and how how you know we shouldn't take that for granted. Yeah, it was really well done. It was, uh, you know, just a great look at him. And I just, you know, the, the people that, you know, they had commenting on him were all, you know, players and, you know, Theo Epstein and, you know, the, uh, you know, the guys Kurt from the Schilling, Dustin Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, of guys. All of his Boston guys, you know, from the, you know, the days in Boston, uh, just, uh, just really well done. And yeah, you know, this, you know, Tito's health problems go back. What to when he was a, I guess even when he was a bench coach in Oakland, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, and you know he had you know just uh, he's had he's really had to uh, he's had some trials to go through, and you know I don't think uh, it accumulated as much anywhere 
until he got to Cleveland. You know, that was, you know, that kept him out of the, what, the dugout for pretty much two a season and a half in 2020 and 2021. Well, yeah, and it even talked about, you know, how he had to miss uh, time. He had a, a surgery the, the 2017 when he missed the, the All-Star game because of the, uh, the cardiac uh, ablation that he had to undergo, but uh, and how serious that was even because they, they said they were in there for a little bit longer than they in, intended to be. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of things. But every, they, they covered everything in this documentary. They covered, uh, you know, his relationship with his dad and how, how special that was. And, you know, at, at the end, uh, I, I think um, the his love for Cleveland and his uh, love of the situation that he is in right now became very evident, and that was very clearly communicated uh, in this documentary. Uh, if you're watching the documentary uh, at about the 58 minutes and 16 second mark, you're going to want to turn away from the screen or leave the room for about two minutes because that's when uh, the rains come in the uh, in oh. Game Seven of the 2016 World Series and. Uh, you know, they, they cover what happened from that point until the end. Uh, but then they get back on and, and talk about the 2017 uh, winning streak and, and the run there. And, and Tito, Tito once again comes out and says, you know, he, he's never felt as disappointed uh, with, with the way a season ended uh, as he did in, in 2017. So uh, just a, a lot that was in there and, and a lot that was uh, a lot to be proud of if you're a, a Guardians fan and a Cleveland baseball fan. Uh, because uh, you, you know you've, you've you've got the best manager right now in in baseball, and uh, not a lot of people would argue with that. Yeah, and it was it was just really well done. It was fun to watch, and uh, you know I I just uh, you know you just I, the thing that got me, Joe, is that just how, how tough it is to manage in Boston. This guy wins almost every year. In what, eight, nine years he was there. He wins two World Series championships after they don't win for, what, over 80 years? They don't win one. And and in the end, it wasn't enough. You know, he got – he basically had the – you know, they, they parted company. And uh, it just – it wasn't enough. And, uh, you know, and I, I loved what Pedroia said. He goes – I'm still he, that he was still mad that that they fired him that he that he left that why why would you get rid of the best manager in baseball that's what Pedroia said I'd love that and he said anybody who says otherwise from that clubhouse was the was the problem was the reason so uh, that that's sort of an indication right there just the relationship that he had uh, I also I, I liked the there was a nice touch when they they showed the stuff with John Lester and uh, you know how the connection that he had with John Lester there uh, just uh, it makes you think back to uh, that world series in 2016. And we're like, boy, it must've been really tough for Tito to watch Lester out there uh, on the mound, you know, doing what he did uh, at the time. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had forgotten about that relationship, you know, when, when uh, Lester had cancer and, and uh, you know, with Boston and, and Tito, you know, really, uh, you know, kind of took care of him, watched, you know, always checked with him and him and, and Lester and his parents and how close that relationship was. Yeah, just uh, it, it, take uh, take the time. Eight o'clock on Major League Baseball Network Sunday night. Uh, I got a question in our subtext uh, from our subtext subscribers about, well, what if I don't have Major League Baseball Network? Uh, how can I watch the documentary? Uh, I haven't seen anything yet in terms of if it will be uh, available on a streaming service like Hulu or 
or Netflix or, or uh, you know, any of the other uh, uh, options there. But uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, a little while before it's it's available. They'll they'll replay it on MLB Network and uh, anything. If, if we find out any way it's available, we'll we'll let people know for sure. Uh, it's a, another reason to, to maybe sign up for subtext, because as soon as I find out that information, I'm going to let everybody know. All of our subscribers will be the first ones to know how to watch it uh, if you don't have a, an MLB Network subscription. So uh, and uh, I'm sure it'll be out there uh, in one way or another. And as soon as we find out, we'll let you know. Uh, sign up for subtext by uh, sending a message to 208-216-208-4346 or uh, log on to cleveland.com slash subtext. It's $3.99 a month to get uh, my insights and reviews along with Hoinsey. Uh, you'll get my uh, my takes and my review of this Tito documentary uh, Sunday night. I'll, I'll, I'll subtext those out. So um, Hoinsey and I have a lot of fun with our, our subtext subscribers. Uh, Hoinsey, uh, big weekend at the ballpark. We'll, uh, we'll see as this, uh, how did you put it the other day, uh, as the, the the season reveals itself? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes forward uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, looking forward to it uh, at Progressive Field. All right, Joe. 